welcome to Leaders Call to Adventure, the show for those that take the road less traveled. I'm Lori Ference. Today is going to be another one of my solo shows, number two, actually, following up on my first, which was called Lori Ference Transparent. I was waiting on a friend to discuss a follow-up on a thread that I had in that episode, and as she's not getting back to me, and if she listens to this, he, she knows who she is, <laughs> I decided I'm going to go with the flow here. I had great response on the episode where it was just me talking, and I came here this morning thinking, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. Do I need to plan out some big thing that I put a lot of thought into, or should I just wing it? Well, this morning on the walk back from school, I walk my son and our dog to school in the mornings. I was walking with a friend and told her a story. And I thought, you know, well, it all started because I heard her calling me. Well, I didn't know it was her. I just heard somebody calling my name. And I looked around. And I'm like, hmm. I don't know who that is, but it sounded like a young boy, <laughs> kind of weird. So I look, hmm, is this person really calling me or are they calling somebody else called Lori? And I turned around and I saw her at the end of the bridge. And I'm like, hey, that was really weird. You, you sounded like this little boy. And she kind of laughed about it. I said, it was a bit unnerving for me because of something that happened to me in the past. And this is what I'm going to focus on today is that story. And whatever else I might feel to say after that in follow-up as to why I'm telling you this story. <laughs> anyway, here it goes. As mentioned in the Transparent episode, I've had freaky things happen to me since I was young. Encounters with the invisible world, so to speak. And recently, I sent out a meme or a graphic with some text that came to me after a nighttime experience that I had could call it a dream. It wasn't really a dream. It was more of a conscious lucid dream because I became conscious when I was outside of my body. And perhaps I will tell that one on another episode. The quote that I came up with was, after considering my experience that night, was that the mind is a placeholder for this time-space continuum. I came to the understanding that when we lose our mind, we find it hard to get back here. So I think a lot of the times with mental illness, people are accessing other realities. Maybe I'll just do a little bit of a segue here. When my Jidu, which is the Ukrainian word for grandpa, was in an extended care facility after the death of my Baba or my grandma, he really deteriorated after she died and just kind of gave up, I think. He kind of lost his will to live. And while he was in this facility, there would be times, though, when, although he was very quiet, which was very unlike him through most of his life, he always liked to talk to people and visit with people, he got very quiet in those last couple of years before he passed away. And one day 
we went to visit him and I remember that he was sort of talking and mumbling and other family members would say, well, maybe his mind's starting to go. And I really felt that that wasn't the case. And only now am I really getting concrete about this, that when he was talking about things from his past, in a way that those things were the present, I don't really feel that it would be accurate to say that he had dementia or was losing his mind. I think he was actually going through a bit of a life review process and accessing the time in his life where those things were indeed happening. For him, it clearly wasn't confusion. It was very purposeful in sorting things in his life and maybe coming to terms with certain things or recalling certain things that were important for him. I believe that whatever he was experiencing there was part of his journey and was no reflection on his overall mental state. Although perhaps to him, and I can't say because I'm not him, but perhaps to him it felt real in that moment that he actually was living those moments again. And, and in some way, maybe he was, but that's what I mean. The mind is a placeholder for this space-time continuum. So the mind can take us to other times and spaces. There's a quote that was shared with me recently that was attributed to Einstein. I did a bit of research into it and found out that it wasn't actually Einstein that said it, but perhaps the earliest known source is from Ray Cummings' 1922 science fiction novel, the girl in the golden atom. And that quote was, time is what keeps everything from happening at once. Right. <laughs> and I would say the mind is a key component of that. Sorting. And providing us with a linear experience of past, present, and future. So I would suggest that the mind can also travel to the past. And that was actually what was happening with, with Jiru. I don't believe he was losing it at the end, as some people might say. I feel that he knew what he was doing and that it was important for him. So why did I mention this? Hmm. <laughs> well, as I said, down the road, I will probably share that story with you about the reason I shared that quote the other day. But for now, let's just stick with the story that I was going to tell you that I ended up actually telling my friend on the walk this morning. Back in university, this is back in the 1980s. I'd gone out to see a film with a friend of mine. I think that movie was Ferris Bueller's Day Off or something equally hilarious. And the reason I remember that because <laughs> at one point, oh, no, 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 it wasn't. It was 
Children of a Lesser God with William Hurt, which was a very serious film and a great film, very well acted. There was a spot in there where he starts to move and describe what he hears through movement. And it's like one of those moments, you know, where it's serious and yet you kind of get this sort of, you see things from another angle like this in any other situation would look really crazy. What is this dude doing? Right? So it was a powerful moment in the film, but it struck me in a weird way. And I kind of got the giggles and I just snorted loudly in the theater. Okay. Yeah, not a shining moment, but I won't forget it because I couldn't control my laughter. It's just, I don't know if you've ever had this, maybe when you're younger in school, and there'd be school assembly, and somebody be talking, you'd be sitting with your buddy, and you just could not keep quiet because you knew you had to. One of those kind of moments. Anyway, so I'd seen that movie and had taken my friend home and was driving back to the residence. That week, there had been some things that had happened on campus, a couple of rapes, and there was this feeling that you had to sort of be aware of what was happening, especially if you're alone by yourself at night, maybe walking around. Well, I arrived at the residence building. It's a big, tall high rise, and there's a parking lot at the back. And I parked my car and was kind of feeling, okay, well, that was fun. Now it's time to get in and go to sleep because the thought came back to me about it's not a good idea to be out here alone at night. So I was in a bit of a hurry, not in a full out sprint, but walking pretty quickly away from my car to go around from the back of the building along the side and into the front. Well, by the time I crossed the parking lot, I could hear somebody calling my name, Lori. And, well, it didn't sound exactly like that because it was a male voice, but (laughs) that was, you get the idea, right? It was creepy. And I looked around and thought, who the heck is out here? Because that doesn't really sound like anybody I know. And why are they calling my name? So I spun around and I looked back to where I'd walked from my car because it seemed like the voice was coming from over there. And at the very end of the parking lot, I saw this tall figure a man dressed in black, really in the shadows, with a wide-brimmed hat and what looked to be an overcoat and black suit. And, uh, of course, got the shivers and thought, oh my gosh, I don't know who that could be, but I don't care who that is, and I'm definitely not sticking around to find out. And I just booted it along the side of the building and into the front through the entranceway. And as I ran, I just felt like, you know, the bushes were alive and every little thing. I was just on edge, right? So I got in there and I just breathed a sigh of relief. Oh, thank goodness. You know, I'm in the building. There are going to be people around. I'm going to be fine. Nobody was behind me at the time. When I came into the building, it's kind of odd because in university or college, there are usually all kinds of people up and around at all hours of the night in the dorms. And when I got into the building, there was nobody there. It was really weird. I thought, okay, well, it's a quiet night. I don't know where everybody is, but okay. So I went up to the elevator. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go up. And when I get to my floor, there's a common area. There's bound to be, there's like people sitting around watching TV. There's bound to be somebody there. And it's just kind of chill out and relax for a few minutes. Well, I went up there and 
got off the elevator and the TV was playing and there's nobody there. I'm like, oh, jeez, there's nobody here. Okay, well, just proceed to my room and, uh, you know, get my stuff and then go to the washroom, which was a communal sort of area with toilet stalls and shower stalls and sinks. And I thought, okay, well, you never know. Maybe somebody's going to be up and doing their thing before they go to sleep, just like I had to do. So I went in there and the room, if you can just imagine it, was an L shape. So there's only one entryway, the doorway that I went through. And on my right were the sinks. And on my left were the stalls where the toilets were. And if I kept walking and turned to my left, that's where the shower stalls were. And we were up about nine stories in the building on ninth floor. And there were some windows that they let the light in, but you couldn't see through them. And I don't think you could actually open them. Anyway, still nobody around. So I went into one of the washroom stalls. Then as soon as I got in there, uh, I heard the door open. And I don't know if any of you have ever done this, but like you kind of like peek underneath the door a little bit to see whose feet might be walking by. And I was curious, who's here? Thank goodness somebody's here. And I peeked underneath and to my horror saw these black shoes, male and black pants walking across the floor. So from my right to my left from the right hand side where the doorway was and moving over towards where the shower stalls would be turning that corner there and I thought oh boy I'm cooked because there's no way out this person obviously saw me come in here and they're following me I have to come out of here and there is no other door. So I'm going to have to go through that door that I came in. And that will be the same door they'd have to go out if they went out. So I just kind of gathered up everything inside of myself, knowing that I'd have to confront whoever this was. And I burst through the door. And I think I might have said, okay, or what do you want or something like that. And I looked around in there, I went to where the shower stalls were. And there was nobody there. The door hadn't opened and closed. And whoever it was had just disappeared. Yeah, pretty freaky, huh? <laughs> when I told my neighbor this story this morning, she said, I'm really glad it's morning and that I'm going to work. It's not nighttime. I don't have to go to sleep. And I don't have to think about this for the rest of the day. <laughs> it's a story that I've told over the years gotten different opinions about what that might be and probably the most well people say it's a spirit of some sort right so that's kind of the common thread or people just don't know what it is the one point of view that really stood out was shared to me by Renee Mueller I could probably do an entire series on <laughs> the experiences and discussions I had with Renee over the years. But when I told him this story, he said that he thought I created it. Now, he didn't mean, oh, well, I just made it up. Or that that actually didn't happen. And it was just a trick of the mind. That's not what he meant. He meant that somehow called that experience forth. And 
there's something to all that because I know in summoning up the courage or whatever it was in me to face whatever that was, was a powerful moment for me. Facing something that I was so afraid of that had creeped me out to such a degree and knowing that I could find it in myself to face it. And I believe that's the point of this exercise. (laughs) And the reason I say that is because I also experienced something like that in that parallel realities out of body experience I had last week. Now, I'm not going to say too much because that would be a spoiler for that story. But I found when I'm sitting here wondering what the heck I'm going to talk to you about, knowing that it really is time for me to to tell one of my stories. As things had not fallen into place to have a guest on the show this week. And I wanted to put something out there. I know this was an exceptional situation. And yet it brought my choices down to a very simple and basic level. It was pretty cut and dried that I needed to do something there. And I could either just hide in the stall knowing full well that whoever followed me in there knew I was there or I could come out. Kind of like the zero and one thing that Slade Robertson talked about in my episode with him cracking the code of willpower, zero and one binary. You either do or you don't. I could stay in or I could come out. And we avoid those choices sometimes until they're really put to us in a, in a way where we feel we have no choice. And I would like to suggest that then in those moments where we feel we have no choice, we can access something deeper in ourselves, which shows us our power. I know that similarly, when I ran a hundred mile race last June, that I was able to, I won't say transcend my mind, There's accessing part of my mind that was beyond the reptilian brain that wanted to take me out of the experience by, well, telling me that I'm hurting too much or that I'm too tired or that I can't because of whatever reason, basically the survival instinct, right? That within me and within my mind, many, many hours into it, in the middle of the night, before the sun came up, that I got to that very clear space of do I do this or not? Am I going to finish this within the time that I need in order to get my buckle? Now I could finish it after 32 hours, but I wouldn't get a buckle. If I finish under 32 hours, I get my buckle. Am I going to finish this within the allotted time so that I get that buckle? My piece of metal which was actually a really nice piece of metal, I have to say. And when I thought about all the time that I put into training, and it got very clear to me, am I going to do this or not? Binary, zero or one. Unless I was physically incapable of moving forward, it was really that simple. Am I going to move forward or am I not? And if I'm going to move forward, am I going to move forward at a pace that's fast enough to actually come in within cutoff. 
And I decided in that moment, I decided, okay, enough, enough of all the thoughts that are coming to tell me why this is just not going to happen. I'm doing this. And everything got quiet. And I'm not saying it's easy. It was several hours in that mode, but I managed to pick up my pace and had a negative split, which means on the last loop that I did, I reduced the time by two hours and 40 minutes over the previous loop. So there were four loops with, you know, around 25 miles. The last two were a little longer than the first two. That last loop of however many hours has got to be at least six or so, (laughs) something like that. Six hours of that place mentally where I'd made a decision that I was just going to do this. And there's something powerful in that. It's in the same way that it was powerful when I came out of that washroom stall. Same sort of thing. The button is on or it's off. I'm going to sit here and do nothing and have this person come in or I'm going to go out and face whatever it is. Because inevitably, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to face them now. I'm going to face them in a powerful way in myself. or I'm going to face them in a weak way in myself. And I decided to face the situation in a powerful way in myself. And it wasn't like, oh, yeah, now I'm thinking about am I powerful? Am I weak? No, 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 no. It was really instinctive. (laughs) And what I'm saying here is that we can all access that place when we need it. So whenever things get tough for you, and it seems like you have very little choice that there's always a choice you can be in the place where it's quite possible that something somebody will harm you and you're just waiting for it or you can summon up the courage and the power that's deep within you and we all have it to stand in it I just came out of there strong and resolute that I would face this resolute yeah and in the same way this is the courage and energy that I took into finishing that race when things got really really tough for me and I believe that's if you're facing any kind of situation right now or I'm sure many of you have in the past faced situations where it's like well what am I doing here how am I going to either complete this or respond to this. We don't always need those situations where it seems like there's no way out. All right. But simplifying things like that can also show us our power and be a worthy experience. It's a story I not only tell because it has an interesting supernatural angle to it, but Every time I tell it, I remember how I felt when I came out and that person or thing or whatever it was, was gone. The sense of relief I had and the sense of strength. Thanks so much for tuning into this show (laughs) with me solo again. (laughs) I want to hear from you. I want to know what you think what that was or if you've ever had anything like that happen to you. Reach out. Tell me. I'm curious. 
For show notes, you can go to my website as usual, www.leaderscalltoadventure.com forward slash 17. Bye for now. Until next time.